We're in the essential series, key scriptures for life. But I've got a little riddle to start with, just for you. You can put it up, next screen. I am two-faced, but bear one head. Men spill their blood for me. I have no legs, but travel widely. I make kings immortal. I am potent when shared, yet lust for my power keeps me locked away. What am I? Any takers? Money. Very well done. Who got that? Oh, nice one. You're all very quiet for people who got it, weren't you? Do you know what I mean? Money. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, Congratulations, you're here for the money sermon. Okay, we've been doing these verses, okay? Um, some of you have got that deep sinking feeling in the bottom of your pit of your stomach now, haven't you? Do you know what I mean? But, you know, we're doing this essential series. We're looking at verses that actually we should know. Essential verses. Verses that, for Christians, I think, are just no-brainers. We need to know them and have them in our lives. Because the truth is, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so it makes sense to me that actually, as believers, we, we have a storehouse of the word of God that we can pull into our lives and say, actually, this is true for me. I'm going to sit on it. I'm going to stand on it. I'm going to, going to hold on to it today for what God wants to say. And so today I want to just talk about um, this great verse in 1 Timothy 6 verse 10 says this, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and have pierced themselves with many griefs. You know, I, I kind of love it when uh, the Lord comes and does something by his spirit really powerful in our meeting and then leads me to preach on money. Do you know what I mean? But I want to talk about money today because the truth is all of us need money. All of us have a relational attitude with money. All of us need it to spend, to look after ourselves, to do the things we want to do, to aspire to do things. Life takes money and we can't do it without it. But it's not money that is evil, it is our attitude to money that makes the difference. It is not money that that causes all kinds of grief, it's our attitude to money that really comes into our lives. And it's that that we have to deal with today. Whether you're well-off or poor, a Christian or not, all of us are affected by money and all of us have an attitude towards it. Hello. Some people say the last thing that gets saved is your wallet. It's amazing how we can want God to be in our lives but not in our money. Hello. It's amazing how we, we... kind of cordon off areas of our lives that we say, well, Lord, I I want you to be in this, but I'm not sure about that. Money's one of them. There are others that we have to struggle with as disciples of Jesus. And Paul writes to Timothy, and he warns him that actually, and and through him, he warns the church that he's overseeing, come on, actually, if you don't get the right attitude towards the money, it'll cause all kinds of trouble in your life. And we need to take heed of that in a world where happiness is measured by wealth. Where, where success is measured by wealth, where status is given to wealth, where people who do not have are despised. Come on, church. Where people who, who don't have money don't have a voice. Hello? That's the world that we live in. And so we need to make sure that our attitude to money is, is, is a correct one, is, is important to us. And I want to make some suggestions today about our attitudes to money, okay? And so it's very straightforward, um, and it's not, it's, this is not a heavy giving sermon, all right? Everybody just relax right now. Okay? You know, we had, we've already had the offering. Okay? So you're all safe, do you know what I mean? I don't need a new car, you're all safe, do you know what I mean? 
See, it worries me, folks, that people's attitude to money, you know, oh, am I going to say this or not? See, even in the church today, there is a teaching that says that sowing your seed is all about getting more. And we've made it. You can turn on the t- I watched it this week. I don't know if you ever heard me shouting about probably about Wednesday evening, 7 o'clock, sitting in front of the telly, listening to some bloke tell me that if I sent my $1,000, God was going to bless me. Friends, it's a lie. It's a manipulation. It's a deceit because people want to manipulate gullible people who are not listening to the Bible teaching on money. Because the truth is, all of us want to get rich quick. We all wish that we could get money quickly. If anybody wants to come and give me some, I'm, I'm up. When we need to get our attitude right. We need to have an understanding of it. And so I want to give you just a few points this morning about how attitudes to money. First is this, be careful. Be careful. We've got to have a... A proper understanding. We've got to think about it. We've got to recognize that none of us are immune to the lure of money in our lives. Very few of us. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Friends, most of us doesn't think that occur, uh, uh, relates to us until we understand the fact that we are in the top 5% of the wealthiest people in the world. Our country. Now most of us are going, well, I'm not. Friends, you are. So instantly you recognize that the, the paradigm that we live in is, is, is concerned with wealth. We're all concerned with it. It's part of our lives. So therefore we need to recognize that we can just be as prone to getting our attitude to money wrong as everybody else. As the gamblers. Friends, you know what? When you sow a seed to get money back because you want to get money out of it, you're gambling. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's heavy, isn't it? Now listen, I believe in sowing seeds, but I do it for the kingdom of God. For him to increase as he sees fit. For his purpose, not for mine. It's too much. I'm only going to give if I get Friends, we don't give to get, we get to give. And so our money, have to, we have to be careful about attitudes with it. I'm not talking about playing who wants to be a millionaire, although that's really hard. We play it in the car sometimes, you know, on the, on the phone. And I always get to 32,000 and think I can go ahead and end up with nothing. That's life, isn't it? The truth is we have to be careful that our attitude to money doesn't lead us to make difficult decisions that are wrong. It says there, for some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And he gives us a little insight to this, that money is, can become an idol in people's lives very quickly. For us, money, what we have, how we can spend it, it becomes idolatry to us because actually it becomes ahead of almost anything in life. Now, uh, you don't need to hear this, but I need to sell it to myself, okay? So you just have to bear with me. That we can all be impressed with money. 
and our attitude towards it can become. You know, James talks about this in his letter um, when he writes to the church, and he says, you know, church, it's interesting, because some of you, he said, a poor man comes in, and you tell him to sit at your feet. A rich man comes in, and you say, here, have a nice seat. He says, this shouldn't be. And why is it? It's because our attitude to people can be based on wealth. It's called idolatry. Because our attitude becomes, what can this person do for me? So we need to recognize that, we're, that this, this problem is in all of us. That when money becomes more important than God and his word and even people, then actually we've entered into idolatry. The book of Ecclesiastes says this, Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. Now I know what we all say. Well, it's easy for a rich person to say that. But actually, it's true for all of us. When you start to love money, you're wasting your gift of love on an inanimate thing. Love should be reserved for people and for God. And so we have to think about just how we uh, approach how we use our finances. (laughs) It's very quiet in here today. Aren't you glad we did the celebration bit before we got here? But it's important. You know, I very rarely talk about money because I don't want to be one of the pastors who's always banging on about money. I mean, I really don't. So this isn't a quick... But I couldn't teach a series, truthfully, I couldn't teach a series on key verses in the Bible and not address the issue of money. Because actually the Bible talks a lot about it. Why? Because it understands that it becomes an idol very quickly in the hearts of men. And that we will do almost anything to forward ourselves in, in, in the wealth. And, and God calls us to be careful about how we use it. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't uh, enjoy it. It doesn't mean that we uh, shouldn't seek to invest it. The parable of the talent says, you know, use what you've been given. Of course it does. It doesn't say we should just hide our money and do nothing with it. But actually it means that we have to uh, be careful over how we use it. And we have to be... See, th- see this is a big question. Keep your lives free from the love of money... And be content with what you have. See, that's a big verse. It's a powerful verse. Be content with what you have. See, much of the drivenness in our world is to get more than we have. That if we can just get something more, everything will be better. And the Bible says, actually, that's just not true. And the truth is, as you look around our world, you realize that's just not true. And so we have to just adjust our attitude and say, you know what, am I careful with my attitude towards money? Do I allow it to become wrong? Do I make decisions that are uh, not the best decisions because uh, of finance, because of the issue of money? Second one is this, be generous. Proverbs eleven twenty five says this, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. If you want to keep your life free from the love of money, if you want to test that, be generous. Next time you feel you should give some money to somebody, Give twice the amount that first comes to your head. Have you ever done that? You ever sat, I've, I've sat in some conferences, you know, where they started going on about money. I don't know about you, but I get, I, I just be with my stingy attitude. Honestly, I sometimes struggle with that. And somebody starts talking about an offering, and I think, no chance, I pay me a ticket, get lost. <laughs> Is it just me? And you know what? The longer they talk about it, the more determined I am not to give them anything. Do you know what I mean? We're going to have a big, long intro to an offering, a second offering at the end. No, we're not. 
And this stingy little Scrooge-like figure sits on my shoulder and says, hmm. And then they say, you can fill out a credit card slip if you need to. Then I'm really cross. (laughs) Because now they want me to get into debt to support them. But what happens, friends, is that the Spirit of the Lord speaks to me. He does. And he says, what's the problem, Dave? You could spend hundreds on yourself, can't you? I think, oh, not me, Lord. On my children, on my wife, but not on me, surely. (laughs) He says, let's talk about your five iPads and your Mac computer, your new car. But they're necessities for the ministry, Lord. It's a very different thing. (laughs) Do you ever have these discussions with the Lord? He says, I just want you to be generous. And you can almost hear the battle with the Lord. Is generous a tenor, Lord? (laughs) Well, maybe for some people, Dave, but not for you. (laughs) Come on, is it just me? See, the truth is, friends, in our hearts, we all like to hold on to our money. We all like to say, oh, you know, uh, I need it more than everybody. And what happens is, when we do that, we feed this worldview that we are the most important thing in the world and that our money must come to us. And what we do is we forget the principle of the Bible that actually says it's more blessed to give than receive. Friends, it's much more blessed. And so you have to work up. You know, you don't have to feel generous. You just have to be generous. There's a difference, isn't there? Sometimes you, just have to be, sometimes you just have to be generous because you need to be blessed. The other person's irrelevant. It's just because you have to broaden your stingy heart and say, you know what, I will not be controlled by my desire for money. I don't know about you, but I'm preaching to myself. But I kind of feel most people I've met tick this box. We have to work at it. We have to say, I'm going to be generous. The Bible says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generally, generously will also reap generously. If you send in your donation of 500 pounds, I'll give you one of my hankies. <laughs> what a privilege. <laughs> one of my used hankies. No, I, it'd be clean. <laughs> Friends, I, I, I want you to know, uh, it's not about money. But it's about a generous spirit. It's about that heart. I know about you, but see, sometimes I think we just forget this teaching of the Bible when it comes to finances, when it comes to what we have. We become stewards. You never find, you never find generous stewards, do you? Do you know what I mean? Stewards want to control money. People have to be generous with what they have. And it's a, it's a thing within the scripture that we have to do. I love it when people are generous. You know, Paul says about the, uh, the, the church, in the midst of your severe trial, your overflowing joy, and in your extreme poverty, it welled up in generosity, and you gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability. Friends, you know what? There's nothing like receiving generosity. I've been to countries of the world where people have nothing, and their generosity knows no bounds. And what they present to you is just, I remember once we, when we first started traveling into Poland and there was five of us, we traveled over in a car and we got there and we stayed in uh, the host's house, this lovely pastor and his wife, they had three lovely children and they lived in this cement concrete block. Honestly, it was a pit. They gave us the best rooms and we slept in them. And every day we would sit down and have breakfast, dinner and tea with them, five English people. And I realized after two meals that they did not eat until we'd finished. And when we'd finished... There wasn't much left. Humbling, isn't it? 
And they were so happy that we were there to be with them. And so from then on, we said, okay, we'll have one piece of bread and one slice of ham, and then we don't eat. Because the truth is, we can go out to a restaurant in five minutes after this meal's finished. This is all they thought. And the generosity just knows no bounds. Because they gave, even out of what they weren't able to give. See, generosity is a powerful thing. And, you know, it, 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 it makes us like Jesus, who, who was a giver of life. Be generous. Thirdly, be wise. 1 Timothy 6.18, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that the, they may take hold of the life that is truly life. The Bible tells us to be wise about how we invest our money. It tells us that some people have more money than others, that some people are just better at making money than others. That's true. We can't be envious of that. We can't be miserable about it. That's true. It's a fact. Uh, I was reading when I was preparing for this. There are 41%, 41% more millionaires in the UK in the last five years through business and through fortune. The, the number of millionaires is increasing exponentially. There's nearly a million millionaires in our, in our country today. Isn't that amazing? One in 60 people or something are, are nearly are millionaires. And we can have this kind of like, uh, uh, you know, well, that's, uh, that, that's just terrible. How dare they have their money? Or we can actually recognize that actually having that money brings great wisdom. It, sorry, it, needs a, it brings a, a responsibility to have great wisdom. And friends, we've lived through it in the last 10 years, lack of wisdom to do with money. We all feel the effects. And so the issue for us today is to use, to use our money wisely, to invest it properly, to not make decisions badly. How many of us have made the decision and uh, bought our dream purchase, and then as we've gone away with our bank loan, thought, that was a mistake? Just me? It seemed like you couldn't live without it. And then when you got it home after two weeks, it sits there looking at you to say, you still have to pay for me. You still have to pay for me. I remember buying a camera when I was a young boy, 17. First thing I wanted, I wanted a Pentax. It was a, a digital SL. I was marvelous. Do you know what I mean? It cost me hundreds of pounds. I think my salary at the time was about 18 pounds a week. I, I, I went home. I didn't ask me mother. I just went and bought it. You know, as you do when you're 17, you think you own the world. And the first time I paid off the first payment on the charge card, you know, I think I paid off 12 pounds and eight pound interest went on. And I thought to myself, I'm in trouble here. <laughs> I need to pay more than I have done. Why? Because I wasn't wise about how I handled money. And friends, that happens again and again. You know, again and again, people say, it's amazing how many Christians are not wise about their money. How many people are not wise about how they spend, what they spend, how they think about it. They just get into it. And, and before they, it's amazing to me how many people get a bill and put it in a coat in a drawer without even opening it. How many people go to the store and buy five dresses when one would have done? I'm not talking about my wife then, okay? Just, just let get that clear. Just, it's just amazing. Why? Because people lose wisdom. And the Bible says you've got to be wise in how you handle that. And it actually says be wise that you invest your money for eternal reward. Hello. It says lay up treasure. And Jesus often said it. Lay up treasure in heaven. Paul says it again. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant. Nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. But to put their hope in God, who richly provides 
us with everything for our enjoyment. Do you remember on the Brexit day when, when the result came through and like all of a sudden the stocks and shares and the pounds started to plummet? Free fall, and everybody's going, oh, and there's pictures of traders, and they're going, oh, sell, 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 buy, buy, buy. Do you know what I mean? Everybody's caught out, and, and millions are coming off. Billions are coming off the stock markets. Why? Simply because everybody's put their hope in it, and somebody's hoping to make money, and somebody's going to lose money. Why? Because we're just not that wise about how we approach it. Now, there's nothing wrong with all that stuff at all, but actually we need to recognize as believers that we need to use our wealth Jesus said this in Luke 16, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. He said, actually, how you spend your money here, how you use it, you need to use it wisely so that it'll bring friendship into your life and it will also bring people into eternity. It's clear teaching of Jesus. So we need to be wise because the truth is we can waste our money. Hello? We can spend it on the stuff of life that we need. We can save it to put aside and we can invest it in what is really important. And can I say to you that what's really important is people, not things. It is, friends. We need to recognize that. So often what we invest our stuff in is is always things. But actually people are far more important. They're more difficult though, aren't they? Let's be honest. It's more tricky, but it's far more important. Okay, number four. We're nearly done. Be intentional. In other words, you've got to be intentional about how you handle your money. It says that Paul says it to the church, on the first day of each week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so when I come, no collections will have to be made. Isn't that great? He says, listen, you need to prepare. You need to plan. You need to think about how, what you do with your money. Friends, it's amazing to me how people don't even uh, really apply basic management principles to their home budget. They don't think about it. You know, we meet people all the time who just haven't thought about what they're spending and why they spend it. All the time. Just, there's no planning in it. There's no intentionality in it. There's no decision. This is what I'm going to do with my money. I'm going to use this to live on. I'm going to use this uh, to uh, uh, give away. I'm going to use this to uh, uh, support this particular situation. I'm going to use this to invest. Uh, Friends, we need to think about how we use it. And and Paul just says to the church, listen, you need to think about, I'm coming. I don't want to take an offering. I want you to already have thought about what you want to do with your money for this course. And we need to come and recognize that. There's a passivity in us about money. And, and, and sometimes we make promises, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. And we just never get around to doing it. Anybody know the feeling? Because we're not intentional about it. And so we have to then start to plan and say, yeah, this is what I will do with uh, what I have. The scripture says, since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in earnestness, in love, See that also you excel in this grace of giving. It says, you know what? If you're going to excel in it, you've got to have to plan it and put it together. You're going to have to think about it. You're going to have to work it out. So you don't excel in anything that you just turn up and prepare about. Even the offering. And so he says, see that you excel. Think about it. Have intentionality about what you're doing. You see, when you have intentionality about what you're giving, you're not taking them back when somebody says, will, will, will you... Give to this. Because you can say, actually, I, I've got capacity in what I budgeted to give to that. Here it is. And if you haven't got capacity, you're not guilted out by the fact that someone's asked you. And you're going, oh, oh, oh. You can say, actually, no, I can't afford to do that. I've thought about my, what I give. But it's when you haven't given any thought at all, then you're going, oh, I should really give. I feel bad now. 
Why? Because we haven't actually planned how we handle our finances. And I know this is a bit more practical than I would normally do, because normally I'm a bit of a hands-on boy, Jesus loves us, let the Holy Spirit come. But we've already done that bit just a few minutes ago, okay? So I'm just trying to be practical as well. Because it's important. We need to be intentional about how we use our finances. You need to decide what's important for you in how you spend your money, and then stick at it. And don't let other people persuade you that it's their grand scheme that you need to advance into. That's how people end up in disaster. You get so many people who are knocking on your door trying to sell you something because they want your money. They, may, they wrap it up as a great service for you, but really they want your money. I get my phone provider phoning me up saying, oh, you've been a loyal customer, can I give you another phone? I think, well, you can give me another phone, but then I have to pay for that one as well, don't I? Why? Are they, are they giving me a gift? No, they want my money. They have a plan to take my money off me. I need to have a plan for how I spend it. And so you need to put that into practice and say, you know what? So when whatever his face on the uh, telly is asking me to sow a $1,000 seed into his, in his life, I'm going, no. Because I'm already sowing my seed into the kingdom of God. I don't have to do what you tell me to be blessed because I'm already living under the blessing of God in the area of my finances because actually I've done what Jesus asked me to do. See, that's part of the problem as we see uh, just sowing all over the place as some kind of fire insurance. Well, if I give a little bit here, God will be happy. But we usually do that because we're not actually giving properly to the Lord. Hello. Intentionality. It's important. Two more. The big points are coming up now. Be cheerful. Be cheerful. God loves a cheerful giver. Here's the amazing deal. God doesn't really want your money if your motives aren't any good. Isn't that an amazing thing? I mean, I'll take it. Don't get me wrong. But, but God doesn't want it. It's an amazing thing to me. It, it, it's like, you know, because here's the deal. God doesn't need your cash. But he wants your heart. And so therefore, out of your heart flows generosity. And an acknowledgement of who God is. We'll talk about that in a minute. But he wants a cheerful giver. He wants someone with a willing heart. He wants someone with a willing spirit. Someone who can say, actually, I want to do that. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Listen, when you feel under pressure to give to something, don't. No matter what it is. You need to get your attitude right to God. And say, Lord, is this something that I should really give to? And then if you feel the Holy Spirit tell you to do that, or feel the word that you do that, or you decide it's a good thing to do it, then you're freely able to do it with a cheerful spirit. I hate it when I have to give to things that I feel I should, and I don't really want to. I have to find the generosity in my heart. I'm sorry I'm such a sinful pastor, it's just who I am. You see, when we give it with a willing heart, the Bible says it becomes a joy to the Lord because he loves a cheerful giver. Paul says, I'm amply supplied now that I've received the gift you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. It's interesting. The gift has gone to Paul, but the sacrifice is acceptable to God. You see, the gift isn't always um, uh, kind of like, you know, ethereal because, you know, we don't just burn it on the offering. You know, it does go to somebody, but actually the gift is pleasing to God because we've been able to cheerfully give to somebody who's in need in in a situation in our lives. And so we have to examine our hearts about giving. And honestly, if we haven't got that kindness in in our heart, then maybe we should just not do it because there's no reward in it. There's no joy in it. 
Because God's promised to meet each of our needs through his riches in glory, not through the giving of his people. Hello. And so he'll supply our needs because he's committed to us. And just because we give doesn't mean that we get more, we get more blessing. All of a sudden we get ticked the box. Oh, I'm in the super blessed category now. No, it's, it's a cheerful heart. It comes. That's what attracts God, a cheerful heart. And then finally, and very quickly, be honoring to the Lord. Be honoring to the Lord. Proverbs 3 verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crop. We need to recognize that we need to honor God with what we have. See, there's a place in our hearts for saying, well, actually, with the finances I have, I'm actually going to honor God with them. And that's a good question to ask. Is God honored by what you give? Now, I'm not going to do a big heavy thing here about tithing. The Bible says in in Malachi, it says this, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so there may be food in my house. Test me in this and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing there will not be enough room to store it. I believe in the principle of tithing, but listen, I'm not going to tell you you have to do it. You need to decide what honors God from you. It's the truth. Because unless you decide it's your gift to honor God, you won't give it cheerfully. And so you have to say, yes, Lord, I'll honor you. My gift is an honor to you. Because Paul again says, if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one doesn't have. That's why Jesus said, when he saw the Pharisee put in hundreds of pounds and the widow put in 10 pounds, she's given more because she put in from what she didn't have. It's not about the amount, it's about the willingness of heart to say, you know what, Lord, I want my money to honor you. And that's why we practice the principle of tithing or regular giving or offering, however you want to wrap it up. I can go into that in great detail with you if you want. We can argue about it. But listen, I'm not here to try and force anybody to do anything they don't want to. Listen, it has to be a willing gift to God. All I'm saying is that it should be honoring. Should be given with honor. That's why sometimes it's really important for us to participate in offerings because it actually reminds us that we're doing this to the Lord. It's not just a vague thing that goes out of our bank account. But actually, you know, and I'm all for that because that makes life easy. But, but it's, yes, Lord, this is a gift I'm giving to you because I want to honor you with my finances because you're important in my life. So there we go. Be careful, be generous, be wise, be intentional. Be willing, be honoring. I want you to think just about your attitude to money. I'm sure, like me, you've recognized the fight that you have with some of these things. Listen, my sermon is not to try and squeeze you and put you into a difficult position. I'm not into that. You know me by now. My sermon is just to say we all need to be careful that money doesn't become something that we love more than God. That things don't become more important to us than people. That we keep a willing spirit that is generous in our dealings with God and with one another. And that way, we can be wise with what God gives us and use it for his glory. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, it's been great to be together in your house today. Lord, we just uh, thank you for this great little verse. Lord, dealing with a practical subject. Lord, help us to get our attitude right to money, Father. Lord, I I stand before you. I'm sure most of us do, Lord. Lord, sometimes it's just difficult to have the right attitude, Lord. To be intentional, Lord. To be careful, Lord. Not to get sucked in by the lure of it, Lord. Not to get carried away and make unwise decisions because we want things to change quickly, Lord. 
Lord, teach us from your word these principles, Lord, of how we handle money. And help us, Lord, always to make the goal, Father, that we would honor you with our lives and therefore with what we have. We thank you for one another. We thank you for this great sense of your presence today. We thank you for the joy, Lord, that is our strength. And we ask you to bless us now as we seek to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, it's great to be...